this morning, we're going to look at what it means to go deeper in worship. Worship is one of those words that is used a bunch of ways. Uh, somebody looking for a church might ask you, where do you worship? And what they mean is, where do you go to church? Where do you spend that special hour on Sunday morning recharging with other believers for the week ahead? And it's not a bad use of the word at all. Uh, I've also heard people say, you know, I worship God while I'm in the woods. Uh, many of you are excited it's football season, but like my brothers are excited that it is archery season. It's here. Uh, and what we mean when we say we worship God in the woods is we worship because of the beauty of what God has created. Uh, and this creation screams of a creator, a designer, a provider, and an artist. We are struck by the beauty of that, the smells of it, and God allows us to enjoy it, and we worship him there. Not a bad use of the word. I've also heard people say that they, they're ready to get their worship on as they go to a concert uh, by a beloved artist. And what they mean by that is this person, this band, takes them into the presence of God. And they're just excited, they're pumped about experiencing God through their gifts and talents and expressing their heart. And I just want to say it's like all good. Worship that should be an all-the-time thing, not just on Sunday morning. Worship is our response to what God has done and who he is. I want to look at a few scriptures with you this morning. This is 1 Chronicles 16, 23-27. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. In that scripture, we're asked to sing like day after day, declaring his deeds, not just on Sunday. Another scripture says in Exodus I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. We worship God because he saves his people. He hears us when we cry. He hears us when we're in trouble. And he saves us. And he is a jealous God. Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We worship him for who he is by living our lives and thinking in ways that are consistent with God's 
character. It's an act of worship. It's not our will, but his will be done. What I want to highlight this morning are attitudes of our heart of worship done right. So here are three. There's, there's many more. I just wanted to cover three this morning. And if you focus on these, though, they will take you deeper in your worship. So number one, worship done right is done with awe. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. When we talk about worshiping God with awe, what does that really mean? Because we use the word like awesome for everything from like ice cream to God. Uh, the Greek word for awe is phobos, and it literally means a reverent fear of the power and holiness of God. And there is nothing else in all of creation that we should be in awe of like God. We see reflections of God's awesomeness in everything he made. Maybe you've seen the Grand Canyon and you stood before it and your mouth just dropped in awe. It was incredible. It's a reflection of the awesomeness of God. Or, or maybe the first time you saw a sunset across an ocean, you were just speechless. It, it's a reflection of who God is. Or, or the first time you held a baby, or maybe your grandbaby. Well, we catch glimpses of the hand of God in the sacredness and in the wonder of the life that he created. As you grow in your faith, you see not just those reflections of God's holiness in his creation, but you actually start to get to know God himself personally. What we see around us speaks of who God is. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 19, and these, these are the first four verses of that psalm. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. You see, if you're open to the truth, you start to get to know the one who breathed and spoke everything into existence. The focus of our awe shifts from the creation to the creator. Once you know God, his glory, his love, you become more and more in awe of him. Psalm 95, 6 says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Kneeling and bowing are not things that we do a lot of in our culture. In fact, church may be the only time you ever kneel, maybe at the prayer time or at home before you pray and go to bed. Uh, if you're 
grew up Catholic or something, you, you kneeled a lot. But it's a way for us to lower ourselves to symbolically elevate God just by our body position. Remember the wise men did it when they came to see Jesus. They bowed and they worshiped him. And the word of God tells us that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And I suppose the point is we should probably start now because all of us will do it one day. When, when was the last time God dropped you to your knees and you worshiped him? When was the last time you were so in awe of God and his presence that you were in awe? I pray that if it's been a while, that maybe it'll be today as we worship him together. Worship done right is worship that's done in awe. Number two, worship done right is done with abandon. Biblically, I think that means letting go and letting your heart show as we stand before God together. During worship, if we're doing it right, God is the only person we need to be mindful of. He is the only one whose opinion matters. It doesn't mean that when you're in worship, you have to be all happy and giddy. It means expressing and bearing your soul before God as you worship. David did this in 2 Samuel 6. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. Now, in this case, David was just overjoyed. He was ecstatic. They were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into the holy city of Jerusalem. And the Ark represented God's favor, God's presence. It told of Israel's being chosen as the people, God's own possession. And in the past, they marched into battle with the Ark in front of them. Remember when they marched around the walls of Jericho, the Ark went with them. And it was gone from the city of Jerusalem, and now it was coming back. David starts to worship the Lord with total abandonment. And his wife basically says, um, you're embarrassing yourself. Act like a king, why don't you? You are dancing in front of your people in an undergarment. Here's David's response in 2 Samuel 6. David told Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that to my wife. Anyway, rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more dignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own eyes. In other words, I'm going to worship God. I'm not going to care. I'm going to even embarrass myself. I'm going to, I might regret this later, but right now, I'm going to worship the Lord. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't even care what I think later. I'm going to worship him. It doesn't matter if you're happy or sad or crushed in spirit, thankful, Worship done right is revealing your heart to God and letting him speak to it. 
churches, like, like all of them, are kind of laid out like auditoriums. There's, there's a stage up here, and there's seating out there. But this isn't an auditorium, and, and this isn't a stage. It, those of us that are on this platform aren't performing for you. We are not the objects of worship. The object of worship is still and only is God. And, and if any of us desire to bring glory, honor, praise to ourselves, we have failed because that's not our job. Our job is to help you experience the glory and majesty of God while we're in this place. We shouldn't be trying to even please you, but please God. Some people come to worship and they leave and they say, you know what, I didn't like that song this morning. I didn't like the worship today. Well, that's okay. It wasn't meant for you. Worship is an offering of praise to King Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Creator. So if you feel like kneeling, shouting, saying amen, bowing, dancing, kneeling, go ahead. If you want to clap or say amen, go ahead. Some people in worship think, you know what, what would the person next to me think if I, if I raised my hands? Uh, what would my parents think? What would my spouse think? Who cares? What would God think? We just worship him with abandon. God is the only one that we're here trying to please. Worship done right is done with abandonment as we stand in the presence of God in awe. Sometimes you just got to let loose in church a little bit. Jesus was hung on a tree, beaten, bloody, arms stretched out. We shouldn't be afraid or ashamed to lift our arms as we worship him. Amen? Number three, worship done right is done with intimacy. As we get to know this holy and awesome God who bore our sin upon his body, as we build a relationship with him that is living and active, we just naturally get closer to him. Did you know that the biggest factor in your friendships, in your relationships, with how close you feel to them is actually proximity? The more time you spend with someone, the closer you get. David longed to be in God's presence, and he was called a man after God's own heart. Psalm 27 says, David expresses his heart, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And I guess I need to confess and say, I'm still growing in this aspect of my relationship with Jesus because sometimes I get distracted by stuff, as we talked a few weeks ago, you know, guns and tools. Sometimes I go through seasons in life where I take my relationship with Jesus for granted, yeah just kind of being real. It's kind of like a marriage sometimes. For those of you who are newlyweds, I'm sorry to break the news to you. Uh, but at times, you forget 
how blessed you are to have someone that loves you and stands by your side with all your quirks, with all your idiosyncrasies, with the sins that you struggle with, who loves you anyway. You get busy, sometimes with good things like kids and work and hobbies and friends. The good news in all that is God longs to be with you. So when we get distracted, when we get busy, when we take him for granted, his Holy Spirit will call out to us. He will invite us back into his presence. He's not there to judge you or or make you feel guilty. Remember what the father did to the prodigal son when he saw him at a distance? He ran to him, hugged him, and threw a party. He loved like he had never been hurt. That's true intimacy. Question is, can, can you hear God calling you back if you've taken him a little bit for granted recently? Can, can you hear him calling you deeper? Greater intimacy comes with proximity. So even if you don't feel it, maybe it's time you just... Get down on your knees and lower yourself. Lift him up and worship him. Go back to doing the things that you did when you felt closer to God. Spend time together. And it's important, feelings don't always come before obedience. Feelings often follow obedience. God is worthy of our worship, whether we feel like it or not. Sometimes you just have to do worship, even if you don't feel it. And the feelings will come. It's kind of like working out. You don't often feel like getting up and working out. But the more you do it, the more benefit you see from it, and the more you desire it. And I'm going to pray this morning that that you can sense the Spirit calling you into his presence. But I'm also going to pray that that you enter his presence, whether you feel like it or not, because we were made to worship and fellowship with God deeply. I think that's how churches really grow. It's not the building. It's not the programs. It's coming to worship. And being with a group of believers that are intimate with Jesus. That that you can sense the Holy Spirit in worship. I'm going to challenge you this morning to enter his presence in that way. And I'm going to ask you to just give your heart to him in awe of him, in abandonment, with intimacy. Offer him a sacrifice of praise, whether you feel like it or not. Lift him up. As the band comes forward, and if the band would come forward, I'm, I'm going to ask this morning that the ushers would again hold off on the offering so that we can just spend some time worshiping God. We'll, we'll do the offering at the door on the way out again. And as this song starts to play uh, this morning, I'm going to ask that, that you maybe do something that's a little out of your comfort zone and just raise your hands and kind of worship God in a different way this morning. And worshiping 
with your hands lifted communicates all kinds of things. But two of the things are uh, when you lift your hands, oftentimes it's uh, a surrender. You know, stick them up. Oh, you know, the gun guy. Okay. Uh, the other thing you lift your hands for is in victory. Uh, hopefully we get to do that with the Steelers a couple times this year. Um, but it's a surrender and a victory. So I'm going to ask you to just lift your hands as you surrender to him and that he reminds you that his victory was meant for you. So let me pray as we, we stand. God, this morning we're going to give you our whole heart. And I pray, God, that, that we would surrender to you and experience the victory that we have in Christ anew. And Jesus, we just want to worship you with awe and abandon and get go deeper as we worship you this morning. May your presence fall on us with such intimacy that we can feel and know your love in deeper ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship this morning. Would you lift your hands? Is my heart, Lord? Is my heart, Lord? thanks just for your love for the way that you remind us that you were stretched out for us to take our sins upon your body that you came to show love that the world might love you and God this morning we just want to say that we love you back and we celebrate the victory that we have in you we surrender all of who we are to be used by your grace, your love, to show people Jesus. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name.